You are listening to The Report, a Cherry Hill Fire Department podcast, where we interview active and retired members of the CHFD, as well as special guests to capture the history of the department, stories from incidents of consequence, insights into leadership and human perspectives of the job, and lessons learned. Welcome to The Report. Hey everyone, this is Shotzi. And I'm Sean Carlin. And welcome to the very first episode of the CHFD's new podcast, The Report. Our hope here is to capture the memories, wisdom, and stories from throughout the history of the CHFD that would otherwise be lost to time. The idea for The Report really began as a way to hear what our many retirees and senior men think is important to pass on to future generations of CHFD firefighters and to make sure that our foundational stories aren't lost as we enter a new generation in the CHFD. Our goal is informal conversations to learn more about the people that we all look up to and to give them a way to speak to all of us now and to those that come later. We also hope to use this platform as a sort of informal PIA where guys can share what they actually did and learned at significant runs without the rigidity or pressure that a traditional PIA can have. Having said that, and after sharing our vision, Let me introduce our first guest. After growing up in Cherry Hill, this guy spent 25 years on the CHFD's ladder companies. In that time, he became everybody's senior man, developed a knack for busting chops like no other, and earned thorough respect from all ranks in the fire department. He was completely dependable on the fire ground and brought his calm humor to every job he went to. It's my honor to introduce one week into retirement, Dennis D'Alessandro. Dennis. Oh, that was me. Oh. <laughs> no shit. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Thanks for doing this with us. Are we done? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's our safe word again? Banana? <laughs> no, we're excited no. to do this. Uh, <clears throat> and, and you're a great guy for us to do this with uh, our first one to kind of work through the kinks here. Thank you. At Kinky She Shed. Yeah. Even yeah, though he's not here. We're live <laughs> from the, the kinky she shed in Haddon Heights. Uh, start off then, you started with the fire service in, at the Alton Fire Company, uh, where you grew up. What led you to join there in the first place? Uh, what led me there was uh, my dad was a volunteer for years. Uh, always grew up in the neighborhood. I mean, I was the biggest part, I think, of that neighborhood, the fire company. Was always there, so even just always went up with him for calls. Or if the siren went off, just always was drawn to it, you know. Just that was it. Him basically, and the neighborhood. I mean, there was everyone in that neighborhood at the time was a volunteer fireman, and I mean that's that's almost what you did. That's how you forged forged friendships at that time. Yeah, yeah. With like, uh, you know, then joined at 16, and I mean like you know, Jerace was already there, or Carrie, uh, Harry. A bunch of others, you know, and then the, the career guys there too was that they had day, the day shift. So it was uh, Ionetta was the boss. Uh, you had Fluger, still the, the driver, and you had Parksy, Tom Parks, and you had Bobby Childs. Those were the firemen there. So, and I remember at like 16, even not even a fireman, I would actually ride with them. They let me ride with them and stuff like that. I know we got to watch <laughs> our language, but uh, you know that. That's what drew me there. And, and that's at the time where motor maintenance was located motor, at Earlton, right? Yeah. Yeah, motor maintenance. For all the districts there? or just? For, uh, 
Yeah, when I first joined, they like joined in 92 maybe, when I was 16, 93. So it was right before consolidation. So Earlton worked on their own rigs. Like it was, everyone had their own things, own mechanics. And then in 94, like late 94, that's when they consolidated. And then it became the whole department-wide motor maintenance shop. So there was always, and like where the, where 24's bunk rooms are now, like that was 22's office when we were double staffed, but that was the mechanics room. And there was actually a loft upstairs where there were all the parts. So that's wow. where all that stuff, yeah. So there wasn't much room there. So, I mean, that was, Obviously you got hired in 98, but can yep. you take us through on like a personal level, mm -hmm what it was like leading up to getting hired and uh, being a minimum staffer. Mm -hmm. And department-wide, what was that period between 94 and 98 like? It was different, a lot of change. You know, like you went from volunteers, and then I think, I almost believe there was a lawsuit because like you would volunteer and you would be a minimum staffer, but then there was a, someone sued, I don't know if it was an old fire, I forget who. But basically, the judge came down and said, ah, you, you can't do both. You either got to be a volunteer or a minimum staffer. And that's where I chose. I remember it was uh, Mike Saracini was a, the assistant or battalion chief at the time. The old chief from Fives was talking to him. And he was like, hey, this, this department in the next probably ten year, five, ten years, they're probably going to hire a bunch. What year did you become a minimum staffer? 95 was it maybe it's in my bio i didn't read it but uh <laughs> something like that maybe 95 so 96 like, maybe yeah i forget when like it 18, was 19 years old 19 or 20 yeah because yeah. you still could do that you know the volunteer and that and i forget when so i remember then i just became minimum staffer and that was that was rough there was a bunch of us i remember that there were full-time minimum staffers or provisional spots and then there was ones like Almost like what uh, I guess Pensalkin does now with their volunteers, you know, like, all right, you want to work this day? Boom. You know, you can work at this shift. Where did you, when you were a minimum staffer, where did you work the most? Oof. Did you guys kind of rotate all through all the stations? Kind of rotated. You rotated at first, but then, then they changed it to like, then I was at, at Woodland. I was assigned there. That was a day shift. And then, um, then I got 20, 22, then I got station two. I was minimum staffer, worked most of the time, and it wasn't until like maybe 97, I think it was, when I got the full-time provisional spot at uh, Engine 5. So, and then that was the 24-hour shift ones. So, uh, just, and that was a fun time, because like I think I told, tell the younger kids, I'm like, hey, we're at Fives, and we were second, like a dwelling would go out on the east side we start heading that way because we were second to engine. There were still volunteers. Sometimes they got out, sometimes they didn't. And that was a thing like in, from like 94 on when at Earlton, not that I'm backtracking, but when I was a volunteer, when I first got there, you, I mean, they used to, to two, three pieces. And then as it got on, low, you know, less people did it. There were times we didn't get out, yeah. I remember, you know, but being at fives was fun because it was just, you were the, the only, engine on the uh west side there was a day, i think 24s had the day shift but after five o'clock that was it we were we were in now there were other woodland i think still chair squeaking but uh 
you know, Woodland had, I think, a, a daytime house, but like in the at, at nighttime, it was just us. I mean, the volunteers would get out, we'd get recalled, but it was nothing to run. I'd say we averaged maybe 12 a day runs, wow. and then there were times like it, it was between 12 and 18. You were, you were constantly busy, so there was no time for BS. I, I remember you talking about this before with what it was like to be a minimum staffer at Woodland where you know you're pretty much locked into one corner of the firehouse can you t yeah. talk about the the difference between today and that time in terms of the firehouse culture yeah that was i think i was almost pre-consolidate but like it was like steve lash matt weber and um and bert bert stamper i mean their day room was the the closet room under the steps where they weren't allowed into the firehouse where the you know volunteers were and that's how it was i think with all most of uh, Cherry Hill. It was the no one was really 24 hours when I first joined. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, like back in the day, like those guys, uh, those are the guys. You like that? That should be like the next few, or get them on some of the pre, because they'll tell you stories where it's like you're like, holy shit! Like how did yeah. the sh like we complain that you know that we had to do this, <laughs> and you're like, okay, and you talk to them and hear the stories that they had to put up with, like. My God, like, it's just unbelievable. What but was yeah. it like? So when you were uh, a minimum staffer, you're kind of like like in the middle there between like the volunteers mm -hmm. and the, the like career guys. Yeah. What, what was like that relationship with? Were, were there ever any any strains in those relationships, uh, like kind of being in the middle like that? It, it was like when I left the volunteers, a lot of guys, you know, didn't like me. You know, I, I get it. But there was actually one volunteer uh, that he's still Daryl Ernst. He's an iron worker. And I remember, like, I used to come around, and it was just me and him downstairs. And he was just like, dude, you're doing the right thing. Your age, you know, I'm like 20, 19, 20. He goes, he goes man, if I was 10 years younger, I'd be in your shoes. Like, he goes, don't listen to these guys. This, this department's going places. So he's like, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, it did. It, it put a strain on some relationships, but that's just, that's the way it is, you know. But, like, and then even working, like, you know, I'm – meeting all sorts of people I didn't even know were firemen in other parts of the town. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, all right, you know. Can, can you talk about um, that hiring process leading up to the class of 98 and yeah. what that academy was like? Um, yeah, I missed – I think I missed the first one when they hired, like, um, was it 94? I think it was, like, McGeady, all them, Chief McGeady and all them. I, I don't think I was old enough for I just met I don't know, I was 18 at the time. I didn't, <laughs> give, I didn't give a crap yeah, at yeah. the time, you know. So I think I just missed it. So and I remember taking the, yeah, I remember then was minimum staffer, so taking the test. So I remember it was at East, and I mean, there was a, there was a lot of people. I still remember, I mean, there were, there were a ton of people taking the test. And I remember, you know, so took that. And I remember walking out, me and Wade were talking. Wade, and I'm like, He's like, how do you think he did? I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm like, ah, yeah, I really want this job. So I'm like, you know, you're always like, I don't know how I did. And I remember there were a couple people like, yeah, that was easy. I'll see you at the physical. And then, like, they weren't there because they didn't pass. So then the physical was up in Trenton. And we, oh. and so it was like the state one, I think, the civil service, uh, civil right. service one. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone should, like, and they didn't space it out. Like, think, what are they now? They kind of space, or. Isn't it over like a four a few day period now? Like did these many people show up this hour? Yes, yeah, so the that, time slots, I think. Time slots. Ah, we didn't have that. So I just remember there's like I mean maybe like 
maybe 300 people. And it's like, it was alphabetical. So I was like, lucky. I was like, all right. And I, I remember taking the test. I remember hearing people like, like they had to wait there like four or five hours or whatever it was. Like, it was just nuts. And then perform. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. I mean, we, I was done early. I was lucky for that. Got done that. Then had the interview. So Who's that the, with? Who, the interview was, uh, I think it was two deputy chiefs from Philadelphia. No idea who they were. And I just remember, like, sitting across and I'm, you know, and I mean, it's it just what it was back then. The old Deer Park, uh, fire, you know, threes before it got redone. And I just remember, like, walking in and, like, they just had a presence about them. And I was just like, you know, I'm, like, 21 at the time. You know, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, you're nervous. I'm nervous. So I had a, I had my dad, my dad, who was a police officer. It was, uh, and actually his police officer, son, it's uh, Captain Daniello. His son, Bob's a police officer that we, I grew up with. But it was uh, my dad had me sit down with uh, Captain Daniello of the Cheryl Police Department. All right, this is, you know, these are probably the questions I'm going to ask you. This is how, you know, and he was like, hey, what do you think about this? And I would answer it my way. Yeah. Which is blunt not polished at all yeah you know he's a guy you kind of want to clean it up a little bit so (laughs) so you know so but that you know did that and then like you were talking about like busting chops this and that and i remember when i was i was taking this while being full-time provisional and it was like tommy d every time we would head out somewhere he would ask the people, he's like, uh, you know, every day he's like, I hope you flunk. You know, you're not going to make it. And being I'm like, Tommy. Right, being Tommy. And then I was like, and I remember every place we went to, like if it was like we'd go pick up lunch or if we just had to call there, dude, I was like, ah, you got any applications? And he grabbed one and just handed it to me and be like, here you go. You ain't making it. And I'm like, all right. You know, I'm like, okay, Tom. You know, like it was every day, no matter where we went, he'd ask them, you hiring? You know? Maybe Probably not going to work out for this guy. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that was like every day just getting pummeled by him, Marky, and Heller. Like, that was just. That's rough. That was every day. And I was just like, oh, my Lord. Like, yeah, good times. But get back to it. And then, well, to all these people listening, you're welcome now that you have psych tests. <laughs> because back then, we didn't have them. And you'll hear the stories of who probably should have. But uh, you guys are welcome. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> what, what was the academy in probably year like? Uh, the academy was, that started June 1st, and it was Dennis Riley was the instructor, and uh, Will Ward, Chief Will Ward. He was the chief of uh, uh, Deer Park. So he was chief of training. So it, was, it wasn't like it is now. I could tell you that. Like, it was nothing. Like, I mean, we ran. I think we did couple miles that's it did some pt stuff and then showered and then uh but it I, i'd say it's a little different now because and the, what helped us we all knew each other like most of us were provisionals or part-timers so and for the town a lot of and, you. and half of us were from the town and the other half was uh you know like nelson mac wade um you know they were provisional so we got to know them over like the past couple of year, year year and a half maybe two years so you got to know him so i mean it was just then it was just it was hysterical like because all it was just basically eh, how many 17 you know they're ah, 17 you get to hang out all day and you're like okay <laughs> you know like got patrizzi was new like then no one knew patrizzi you know 
and, and uh, like Joe Lusner. Um, I think that's about it. Everyone else was was local, so it was like you know it was just fun, you know. But uh, wasn't like it is now. I know we didn't have the twenty four hour thing. How long was it until, do you remember? What's that? How long was it? Uh, a month. A month? Because less than a month. Yeah, we did all of June, and I think I hit, we hit the streets July 1st. And it was it was so different. <laughs> like, we went to Camden County to burn like they do. Ah, we drove the rigs. We drove the cars. <laughs> like, you know, I, I think there's pictures. I think we got pictures of, like, we had, like, a minivan. They ran in, and we're, like, we're going down 42 with the side doors open, taking pictures, throwing stuff. Like, it was because there's only like one person watching us and it, one or two and it's like oh they're members that ah, you're driving the engine you're driving the ladder go down to see get 295 yeah see you there the rest of you is pounding the minivan okay i mean we're lucky we, i mean they're lucky we didn't have booze you know like now that you think about it we probably showed up it would have made it worse but but uh no it was fun it was it was hot but it was it was a lot of fun like like we were telling uh, we were going over it i think with the Act the one day, me and Kenny, like, you know, I'm like, um, I tell, always tell the kids, like, we just have smoke breaks and coffee breaks. Like, yeah. you know, I said, ah, someone would it'd be, be in between. Go grab a smoke outside. Okay. Yeah. You know, half the guys smoke, uh, eh, maybe a little, in a quarter, but it was funny. It was just coffee and smoke breaks. We weren't just allowed, same, same rule though. Weren't allowed in threes. You know, we had to stay away. So, or it was harder because the whole station was there. So, we were classroom. There was a training room. You had to walk through to get to the locker rooms. We were allowed in the locker rooms and the showers. That's it. Kitchen, lounge area. We were told, you know, it was off limits. You know, then some people did it and we get in trouble. You know, that's about, you know. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know. So. And then what about your probe year? Probe year? Uh, oof. I was assigned to fours, get out of, I go to fours. Well, I show up, it's an engine. And within the first hour, we had to get in the rig and drive it to threes, because then they were making it ladder four. So like basically it was because 42 was at the end, was an engine there for years. I remember that like fours was always at, you know, and then, so our class came in, they opened. I forget. We opened one of the houses. So, might have been threes. I forget. But I remember going in. It was an engine. And within the first half hour, there was no, I mean, there's no Skype, no nothing. The battalion called you. But it was basically like 802, yeah. You got to go to threes, pick up the ladder, drop the engine off. Okay. And then by like 9 o'clock, we were a ladder company. And who so, was your first company? Uh, it was a... Uh, Suey was a provisional lieutenant. Tommy DiDomenico, Mike Schaefer, Bones, and Appleman, Brian Appleman. So that was our, that was my first crew. And it was, you know, and I, that's the funny thing. Like it was, I just remember like you're pulling in all of a sudden within an hour, you're like, ah, you're a ladder company. Has anyone really worked on one before? You know, I, <laughs> good luck. I, it's the way you did it back then, you know. How hard could it be? How you hard could it be? <laughs> it was hard sometimes. What but. was that, the old Seagrave? Yes, so that was the old Seagrave. The, uh, I guess it would be like, the, I think it was like the New York City spec. So it was Like a light duty? Light duty. Had a, sh- had a shit ton of, I don't care, had a shit ton of ground ladders. 
I think it was like 235s, 228s, 20, 16, a couple roofs. And, I, I mean, it was just – and the thing was fast. I give it that. The thing was fast. It was – but, single axle, right? Yeah. Or no, double. Oh, the single okay. was the woodland. That was the backup piece. Oh. That was the one where um, – that was the backup ladder. It was – and that one can only fit four people. I remember – still open cab. We still had open cabs. So that was fun except for – excuse me. That 14 used to sit there, and there's the doghouse right here. And with the Jake brick and that thing humming, it was at La France, <laughs> like an 80-something La France. Yeah. It, you could, you're like – this is unbelievable. Like, I mean, you, we used to have to, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. I'd wear hearing protection on that thing because you're like, it would just rattle your goddamn brain riding in that thing. But yeah. but it was the Seagrave was our first piece. So then we had like an engine there. So we still had to do cross the floor, cross the floor engine runs, this and that. But uh, now it was fun. So that was, it was, uh, it was quite an experience working there with the like Bones, Dito. And like I said, it was just back now we kind of know what to do, do but you know we kind of have it spelled out we've learned over the years but i remember then it was like oh we're gonna have truck companies okay and it's like boom you're a truck company and you're like oh, okay like just had to try to figure it out just had to figure it out on the fly so well speaking of that one thing we've we've often talked about is how much the department has changed in such a short time you've gotten to live that going from Minimum staffer up to now, where there's six established companies. Can you, can you tell us how the culture of the CHFD has changed since the '90s? Um, hmm. I think just uh, like training, being more prepared. I mean, it's it's now not a. I don't want to say a job. It's just a career. You know, it's it's fun. It's a service. But uh, I mean, it's it's kind of like our. You know what? We gonna pause here if I say something bad, but uh, uh, it's kind of like EMS now. You like you just want warm bodies, you know, and just answer calls. It was almost like that back in the day sometimes, near like the tail end, where you're just like, ah, you know, ah, you're good. Yeah, you show up. He stinks as a fireman. Ah, he shows up eighty percent of the time. Yeah. Get the rig out now. Uh, um, like nah, you're making sacrifices to, to build yeah. the system. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think like. The, training like more infos out there too i mean that's the thing with uh, technology now like you go online get to see a bunch of people but it's also it's good most of it hey you get to see learn from them like you know you used to get the niosh you know you used to get the reports what like months later oh wow we had that fire like you know a month ago didn't know about that like stuff like that where you get to learn you know um uh, i just think like you know it's 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 growing people are getting smarter you know Culture, like, you know, you still have the volunteer thing, you know, that's, which is good and bad, you know, like I always say. I still wish that we could vote out some of the ulcers, like, you know, like you did in the volunteer <laughs> days, where, like, you got sick of them, and after a year, you're like, you're gone, you know, like, you know, but, I mean, you look at it now, you're kind of like, yeah, it was kind of stupid sometimes, but um, culture-wise, I mean, I think it's, it's just, I think training, and being more ready, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, you look at the old, the old pre-consolidation days. I mean, you talk about how much apparatus was in the town. I mean, on the west side alone, with the, you had seven engines and uh, three ladders. 
just from the three volunteer. Well, got to count sevens. So you had, you almost had nine in, like something like that. Like wow. you had that many on that side of town, and that's just Kings Highway towards Pennsylvania. Yeah. Then you had the other side of town where it was like it was apparatus out the wazoo, you know. So, and I mean the culture too. I think too is. Um, a lot of back then, it was a lot of like, ah, this is our fire, you know, this and that, our town. We're not going to ask for help. Well, you ain't getting that anymore. But you still kind of see that a little bit, like uh, that, uh, that uh, a little over bit. of like, like yes. co- companies think they have to handle their runs by themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, handle it more. Let them know that we need more people, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, we, like, when I was at FIS as provisional, I mean, I think we were hit, we were on and off Maple Shade boxes like every other month. Companies will be on them. We get first, whatever, and then we're off it. So nothing's changed? Yeah, almost. And then, like, 24s, I don't think we went out. You went to Camden once in a while. That's about it. Like, now you go to Haddonfield, you go to Concord, you go to Pennsylvania. Like, you're just – I think it, that's the culture, I think, in Cherry Hill and I think just the whole county and everything. More mutual aid. You know, you can't do it by yourself. And don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the other big thing. I think that's changing a little bit. You know? And where do you think it's going, the culture? Oh, the shit. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, oh, that's a good question. I would say, I mean, I just think tr- training more or don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, that's the big thing, I think, with the culture. Just, I mean, I don't know. That's the way I feel. Yeah. So I probably didn't answer that question. I'd be a good politician, wouldn't I? <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> we have Mayor Zach in the room yeah, yeah, r- yeah. running the board for us. <laughs> Dennis, you probably spent more time on a ladder company than anyone else in the history of CHFD. Uh, if you could tell a new guy one thing to be a better ladderman, what would it be? <laughs> Oof. For reference, you spent all 25 years. I know. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, not all 25, one day. Oh, or that. one hour. One hour. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would guess at uh, a young age, I was basically taught just to be calm and cool and... No, just know the basics. Like, you know, no, fourth century. Um, uh, just give cool, calm reports. Yeah. Like, you know, don't, don't, I remember like over the years, don't, don't make shit up. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, don't go to the rear and go, ah, oh, yeah, man, I got heavy. And then you get, then the other guy gets back there and there's like a little wisp of smoke. Like, no, just paint the picture. What do you have back here? I mean, just, don't lie. That's the thing. I you talk say. about, like, being calm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kind of known a little mm-hmm. bit for your calm humor. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> At these fires. Like, how do you think How do you think you do that? Like, how do you think you could, like, kind of put that into words to someone, how they can, can kind of emulate that? Uh, I, just, uh, I would say just don't let the situation control you. We're there to control the situation. You know? Uh, you know? I mean, it, doesn't, it sounds mean, but I didn't start the fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I was always taught at, like, a young age. Just uh, it was one of the first fires I was on was with uh, Steve Fiorentini. And we were not the – we were on the engine, you know, fives. We pull up. It went out for investigate smoke, not to try to make this quick. Investigate smoke. I'm riding nozzle. Next thing you know, Heller's like, yo, dude, wrap the hydrant. I'm like, what is – this is like 2 in the morning. I'm like, what? Right behind the firehouse of fives on Dogwood and Church. <laughs> well, I get out, wrap the hydrant, pull up. Next thing I look, there's this 
rancher, smoke billowing out. I'm like, like holy shit. So, and like you know, pull the line. We're in there by ourselves, and we're in there for probably seven minutes by ourselves. No one's cut, you know. They're coming from threes. They're coming from three. They're, they're actually, I don't think threes was even open. I think it might have been twenty fours and fours, or I forget where. But like, it's one of those. So we, so we put a good night's an attic fire going good. We pull in the ceilings. And I remember one of the things I remember was Steve. Someone's on the roof and they're they're fucking losing it. Like, you know, <laughs> like just blah blah blah. And like you know, he's. I remember him grabbing me, and I don't know if he remembers it, but he's like, hey. Want to learn something, kid? This is what you do. You don't be like that dude on the roof. Be like you are now. Calm and cool, and you'll go far in life. I'm like, uh, you know, in this job, okay? And I remember him yelling at the guy on the roof to get the hell off because the guy's just screaming and this and that. And uh, that's the way, I mean, from then, they're on. Like, I guess just don't let the situation control you. You know, we're there to control the situation. No matter what they throw at you, no matter some of the fires, like we talked about, people banging on the window, telling you people trapped, like, all right, we'll get there. You know, like, let's just do our job. You know, just stay focused. And I, I, you often use humor yeah. to, to kind of <laughs> diffuse situations a little bit, yeah. which I think everyone around you appreciates. Yeah, except for when it's time to do it. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like the woods fire when they were, you know, people trapped. Yeah, no time to choke around, you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, I just think, no, you know, and I, when I, my first few years on the ladder, uh, and it was on like two companies, they had permanent spots. Well, I was the one I filled in. So if the driver was off, they, I drove. The OV guy was off, I went to OV. Excuse me, being a newer department, new ladder company, we didn't really have the, the veteran guys or this and that. So that helped me out a lot. I think just knowing every position, like, you know how it is the first year. They're basically riding irons. Then maybe OV. Well, now my first few years, it was because you couldn't have some of these guys drive. <laughs> so I remember as a probie, I was driving. You know, they're like, oh, you're, well, you're driving. Huh? All right. But, like, I just remember that's what helped me out on my career was, I mean, my first, probably second, third weekend, I'm wheeling. You know, so I think that's what helped me out, just knowing every position. And I always try to tell myself, hey, Try to be the, don't be the best. You should always try to be the best. But when you're doing multiple, hey, just be like in the top five. Like be the one that like, all right, he's riding irons. He's decent. All right, he's OV. He's, de he's decent. And the thing is, I caught most of my jobs. I think I caught most of my jobs like my, my first few years as OV. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. And there's jobs I probably fucked up on. But, you know. That's how you learn. Right? But that's how you learn. Well, you know, it didn't cause deaths and this and that. But you're like. I remember a few times. I got bailed out by a couple officers, too. Like, hey, I'm this one good dude. They're like, yeah, don't do that. Do this. And you're like, oh, all right. You know, I'm like, that, <laughs> that, that was the year. There was a different time uh, where the officer and the chauffeur worked outside. Yeah. That was it for a few years. So, actually, that helped me out a lot, too. And it was like, yeah. And, I mean, we talk, Tom Gata, talk about being calm. Like, I learned some from him, like just all right, yeah, this will okay, you know. Yeah, you could tell him the world's blowing up. Ah, okay, you know, <laughs> like, but that's just the way it was, you know. But. So we got a like uh -huh. we've got a ton of training on mm -hmm. being that uh, being calm and collected, mm -hmm. like you were talking about over the past couple of years. How have you been able to translate that onto like your probies and your new guys? Because you've had a ton of them over the years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess just. 
my demeanor. I mean, just uh, show up to work, do your job. Don't, you know, listen, do I want to go to football? I did go to fires, you know, but I'm like, you want to, hey, but you also want to be like, hey, all right, let's go, you know, let's get to the rig. You know, like if you run, you know, I know you got to have hustle, but don't be all gonked out. Because if you're, I'm also a proponent of like, hey, like my some of my bosses over the years, like if you see them calm, you're going to be calm, you know? Like if they're not losing it, all right, you're not going to lose it. That's how it should be. And that's how it should be as a fireman too. All right, get your shit on. Let's go. You know, house is on fire. Okay. Yeah, that's why they called us, you know? <laughs> you know, and just... I guess just, you know, hey, just know the basics, too. Like, just know know the basics in and out. I'm not saying don't be, you know, you don't have to be like a rope guy or this guy or that guy. Man, just be good at your irons, you know. You're good at your irons, good at forcing a door. Anyone will take you, you know, especially with the smoke filled or, you know, like I said, I mean, we've had it a couple times, people screaming at you, you know. Like I mentioned the woods fire, and that was, you know, one of the ones – but, I mean, just as long as you show that you're calm, I think everyone else will follow through. You see it with head coaches and other stuff like that and officers. Hey, it's like dominoes calm. almost. Yeah. Hey, if he's calm, I'm going to be calm, you know. That's how, you know. They just tell them, you know, just don't don't get gonged out. Then people don't want to be around you. you know. Patsy, do you mind yeah. if I switch up and go into – Right, six. What's that? Good. Uh, well, I was going to go into senior man and then six and yep. then jump back to fun companies. Yeah. When do we talk about lubricants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't edit that out. No. no. <laughs> we won't. You've, you've talked about the benefit of good officers. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about uh, who was the senior man that you looked up to the most and why? Hmm. I guess my, mine would be mine would be Matt Weber. Because when I was at 24s, <laughs> we had Al Detour. And everyone will know Al Detour stories, <laughs> you know. But uh, I remember a few times, Matt Matt was on the tail end of his career, you know. He didn't have to – it was funny. You know, he got in trouble a lot too, a little bit. But he's one of those original guys from Woodland where, like, you know, they, they, they got beat on or, you know, shit on. But uh, I remember when I worked with him – you know, there were just times where Matt would just, hey, you know, hey, he would talk to, to Al, be like, hey, man, you don't want to do that, you know. And uh, the one was uh, they had a – Steve and Al had a blowing out over a call. So uh, Al just kept, you know, we were at the, the, the old uh, nightclub, uh, Vera, Vera now, whatever it was, Iguana, Taylor's at the time, EMS call 2 in the Top morning. Dog. Top dog, whatever it was at the time, for an unconscious drunk person. More to the story is Al, like, was pushing people out of the way. So Steve's like, ah, don't do that again. If not, you know, you tell the officer, hey, these people are in my way. So that way, he either if the police are there or if the bouncers, they'll clear it. And of course, Al's going, I'm defending myself. Well, they, two typical Italians, well, they just start fucking going at it. And you're, I mean, you know, you do this. No, you can't tell me what to do. 2.30 in the morning, we get back, and basically Steve's like, I'm going to write you. Yeah, you know, so basically Al goes, ah, we're in, the, we're in the kitchen, the old 24s. Weber goes, dude, go in there. Tell him you won't do it again. Hopefully he doesn't write you, you know. 
blah, blah, blah. They were t- it's not the point, Al. You're being insubordinate. You got to go in there and apologize right now. I, I don't care if you do it again. He goes, but you got to go in there and tell them. So Al goes in there in the office, and you hear for five minutes them yelling at each other again. Comes out. Next morning, we're in the bunk room. You know, Al's like, guys, going to write me. I'm going to need you guys as witnesses, blah, blah. And Weber just goes, eh, you don't want us as witnesses, Al. You know, what you did was wrong, blah, blah, blah. And Al's like, oh, that's, you know, of course, Al, I'm right, this and that. But, like, Matt was the one that was like, because first he cornered me, Al. And I'm like, ah, I don't know what the, f- I don't know what the fucking do. <laughs> and Matt hears it. Matt's like, uh-uh, no, you don't want him. You're not, no one's going to be a witness. We're going to be a witness. We're going to tell the truth. And Al, you were wrong, you know. So Matt was the one, like, after a couple times working with Al, he was the one. Never thought I'd say it. Matt was the voice of reasoning. <laughs> you know, that's how that's how Al was. Like, it's, you know, but, like, Matt was the one. And then I spent, like, five years at 24s after fours. And then when I went to fours on my own, and then that's when I, like, broke out of my shell, I think, of just, like, seeing things wrong and then just, like, point, you know, like, ah, you know what? fuck it, I'm just going to go after the person, you know? Like, it, you know, just like, hey, if this is wrong, I'm going to say something. I don't give a shit anymore, you know? So, like, from that, uh, Matt, but, like, you know, Art West was there, too, on the engine. We were double staff. So seeing him, same thing with the engine. Art was a good, strong senior man. Seeing him on the engine, even talking to him, because we're, you know, in the same house, you know, that helped me out, too, before he got promoted, you know? So, uh trying to think who else i mean so both guys with strong personalities yes you know <laughs> they used to fight with each other too that's what you know but that's the way it was you're gonna see that in the firehouses you're gonna see friends and this and that just yeah they're gonna have they're gonna have difference of opinions let it blow over and hopefully what you tell the younger guys is hey it's on over go cool down that's it it's done come back in have dinner you know don't go in your bunk room and don't talk to anyone for months at a time or this and that just no Fucking man up. Excuse me. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that was basically it, was the Weber and the arts. And like I said, the, the officers, a lot of good officers, but yeah, those were like the two firemen. Because I think over the years, you saw in the beginning, there, and it's going to be like now. I mean, I think in the next few years here, you're going to see guys with maybe seven years on going to have to step up. That's just the way it is. You know, uh, we were like that years ago. I mean, there's there's a story with Jay and me and a couple others about a certain, int- you know, at fours. And if you looked at the crew then, you're going to be like, I think the mo- senior person was like five years on the job and we were a ladder company. It might have been Dito with five or six. Me, the senior man, with like two, three years. I think it was like Gary Miller with a couple and then, his, you know, Chief Hauk was like a couple, maybe a probie or just a year or two, like, you know, you're talking like, holy shit. Like, you look at it now, you're like, if we would say that, ah, you're going to have this crew right now, you're like, no effing way. Well, we did it, you know. You had to do it. Yeah. You know, but that, that's what you're going to see now, I think. Sometimes you're going to see a guy with, like, seven years on, going to have to step up now. And they are, you know. And then just be that senior man for years to come, hopefully. You know. Yeah, as you guys are yeah. going, it's kind of history's repeating itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we talked to Chief Huck about it before. Like, you know, our guys are like, ah, it's going to be – Ah, you're gonna have young crews. Huh? Well, that's we did it in you know we did it in '98 to like 2001. Like it was, 
there were crews sometimes where you're like, holy shit, like it's young, you know, but got to learn, hopefully, you know, you see some fire and, you know, just in life lessons too. That's what's big, you know, people with life lessons, you know. Can you talk about, uh, you mentioned a, a couple of fires. Um, mm -hmm. Can you mention them along with whatever other memorable fires yeah. you have on, in your memory and what lessons you learned from them? I think the one like one that sticks I probably the woods uh, the woods one the woods one fire Meek one Collins pulled that lady out and I remember they were in the fire that, that I remember that went out at like again that's like two three in the morning and I mean as they dis the, the old way of the, you know dispatched it and they're also dispatching covers at the same time as we're we're not even out the door yet so you know it's work yeah yeah so as soon as we pull out and like you know at from fours we're a ladder. And, I mean, you can just see it in the sky. You're like, holy shit. And that's one one I tell you, when we pulled up, and, I mean, that apartment where she was in was heavily involved. And it's the old, what's that old? It's basically like gasoline siding. The uh, Asphalt siding? Yeah. It might, oh, not um, asphalt in that place. The, so. the wood. The sh it, they just covered it with plastic, so it's really going to yeah. go up next time. <laughs> shit, I forget. But I just remember seeing, like, two apartments well involved. I mean, people are screaming at us that people are trapped. And I remember Colin, again, like I said, the officer, Jimmy Collins, I think he's rolling up the window so people stop yelling. He's giving us a report, and he's just like, man, this is what I got, you know. And uh, I give them kudos because, like, even I remember Chief Houck said it. He was on the engine. It was, like, on the fire ground. Like, hey, where are you at? Jimmy's like, dude, we're in the apartment. And, like, you look, and you're like, there's maybe, like, there's fire not even – Fire coming out the bedroom, bedroom, like maybe part of the living room. And they found her getting out because they went in the search, couldn't find her. And then they heard something as they were leaving. She's like in the dining room. And they pulled her out just as that fire is looking at them. So I remember that. Like, you're like, holy shit, these guys fucking, you know. I bust Meek was balls. Like, I can't believe you got a medal for tripping over somebody. <laughs> but, you know, but uh, nah, like that one was like, and even the en like the engine crew was like, it was uh, Chief Hauk. I think it was Chris Riley. Trotman, I forget who it was. Maybe Chetty? I'm not sure, but they they knocked a shitload of fire. I remember that was the first time we had the, um, what did it say, blitz fires? Yeah. Because I think they originally went with the two and a half, and they said, I get the blitz fire. I remember Collins came out and was like, you better put that main up. I'm like, okay, because that was me, Frank DeLuke, on the outside team. He went to the rear. It was all in the front. <laughs> And I remember by the time I got the main up with the water ready to roll, they had it, they had that fucking fire knock. Like it was like, holy shit. Like that thing knocked some fire. But I remember that one for those guys, just kudos to be like, holy shit. Like searching on under, under those conditions. Um uh, What year was that about? I don't remember. Mm, I don't remember that one. I don't remember the year. I remember okay. I and then uh were some of the other good ones? You mentioned uh, Sheffield, Sheffield Road. Road, where we yeah, that was that was one where like where everything can go wrong did go wrong. I I remember like just where were we working? Uh, threes. We we're at threes. Uh, one of my one of the fun crews that we had. But I remember uh, we're on a pre-plan. We hear it go out. We're on seventy by like Springdale. Hear it go out. Then they're like ah we're getting multiple calls so we start heading that way. And I'll never forget like we. The way we went, 70, Old Cuthbert, Chapel. 
Like, you could see a little column in the sky. You're like, all right. And I remember me and Harry Cramner, Lieutenant Cramner, was the boss. And, like, we're coming down chapel over, like, the turnpike 295. And then all of a sudden it looked like an oil tanker just let off. Like, we were both like, holy crap, you know. Uh, but then, like, when we pulled on the fire scene, you're like, it just, it's one of those, like, couple companies, they were, they were met with heavy fire, this and that, but, like, it just, it's one of those, like, where everything can go wrong, did go wrong. And, uh, like I said, I don't think we, I don't think she probably would have lived anyway, but they didn't find her, like, 10, 15 minutes later. And I remember as a crew, like, we were all split. We had five, each, each truck had five that day, too. I mean, that's what makes it even more frustrating. Was we were fully staffed, and it was just a lot of fire. A couple companies, a couple guys, you know, did stuff, stuff wrong, this and that. I mean, that's just when, you know, like I said, it just. Not, not that it may have made a difference, but what do yeah. you think, like, overall, like, if, if one thing could have changed to, to maybe make a difference, what do you think it would have been? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good one. Maybe certain, co- I don't, certain companies maybe first do, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. This and that, I mean, um, you know, that's where chain of command, I think, helps too, because then you got people listening to other people who, oh, we need to do this, do that, when we didn't need to do it, you know. Like I said, port, chain of command. Like, hey, you, you were, I report to my officer no matter what. I'm OV, or I'm driving, command. I get to go to command, but not... You know, if you're, if you're an engine, hey, talk to your officer. Let him go. Hey, man, we ain't get any relief in here. All right, hey, man, you know, let the engine boss go. Hey, we need relief in here. Okay, let, let the chief then go. You guys, I need you here, you know. But, uh, you know, I think I, that's one where <laughs> I remember sitting out back when they had the, the hot wash afterwards. And typical. Not that he did it, but Harry. Typical Harry with our old crew was always telling us, shut the F up, don't say anything, blah, blah, okay. And I just remember sitting there and, like, you know, you look at everyone, and everyone's just soaking wet. They're sooted up. Like, everyone did their part. And, I, like, you see a couple people with, like, shiny gear, and you're like, come on. Like, how the, how does that happen? Yeah. You know, you're just like, but, you know, that's one of those you're like, it just, it opened your eyes. It really opened your eyes to people like all right you know who to trust who you who will go in when it needs to be and others that you know that, that's all i'm gonna say about that as gump says but, uh, <laughs> yeah and i think that mm-hmm. that fire was humbling for a lot of people yeah CHFD. yeah i would say that yeah it woke a lot of people up you saw some guys like you know like i said we would we send three four guys to the hospital i think like a couple of guys going up the steps and then come right back down after five seconds that's how much heat that's why I always say, I don't know if she would have lived. But, I mean, what made it worse was then, like, the you know, we finally pull her out. Then the mother has a massive heart attack across the street. Like, you're just like, oh, my, you know. Like, one of those when you talk about scenarios for, like, new guys and stuff. Oh, this, that, it could happen. Ah, it did on that one. Like, you know, it was, that was a shame. I'm trying to think other way. There was, I mean, we had 800 Springdale, the Falk Mansion. That was another one. Just memorable because it was so freaking cold but uh you know one of my other ones was like i said the uh the, the colonial fire where marty pulled the late marty and gotch was it yeah marty and gotch yeah. pulled her out but we ended up being second to i just the one part i remember about that was like you know it was a good apartment fire we're on like the fifth or sixth floor 
and I remember it was uh, Brett DeLuca was the boss, captain. It's like me, JB, because he was detailed because there was an academy going on. Me, JB, Andrew, Sarley Perel, and Nick Fiorentini. And I just remember, like, one of the things I remember about it was, I mean, we forced some doors, this and that, but like, there's chaos going all around us. And I remember Brett, we finally all meet, like, probably 15 minutes later because I parked the rig. Everyone's doing their thing. We happened to meet on the sixth floor, I think it was. And I remember Brett just talking to us, like, hey, this is our game plan now. And, like, I remember we're all just sitting there and just, like, you could barely see, but we're all like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But you're hearing people, other companies, scream at each other, like, losing their shit. You're just, I just, like, it's one of those things burning my brain. Like, I, everyone's on the same page here. Nice and calm. Brett's just, hey, all right, we did this and that. I remember he said, I'm going to run down to the command post and run back up, and then we'll see what we do. Okay. You know. Like I said, that's the leadership, like that whole, he's calm. All right, we're all calm, you know. But like I said, it's just one of those, like it's, you get zoned out. Like you, you can hear them screaming, some of these guys. But I remember that crew was just like, yeah, we're fine. You know, whatever needs to be done next. But It was like that same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Just despite everything else going on, that one mm-hmm. person that was able to bring everyone else down around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know. It's just funny that we met up all, oh, hey, you know, hey, how you doing, you know? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, what else was there? I mean, there's, I remember, yeah, like we mentioned before, I think it was like Charland was funny. That was, again, we're from Fours, middle of the day, places hammering. I remember that one because I think uh, Chief Falk was on the engine. So I'm like, all right, you know, this is what we have, fire. I'll wait for them. So they, they go in. I think, and I start popping windows, and there's more fire coming out. I think it was the second window. He pops out. I'll never, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, Chewy, we making any, ah, oh, I get, we get a good knock on it. And I'm like, I just look, and there's still fire blowing out two windows. I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, seriously? I said, no. I said, it's still, ha-, you know, he goes, we got to go, you know, he's like, he looks, he goes, holy, you know, they had to go in like another room or two, but. They were knocking some fire. I remember that one just as one of those. We doing good? No. Ah. no. <laughs> and like I said, go back to the old, don't tell him what he wants to hear. I'm going to tell you what's going on. Hey, are we doing, you know, hey, did we put it out? No, not at all. You know, <laughs> in fact, it got worse. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just like I said, you never, never, don't lie. Just tell the truth, you know. So. Let's, uh, let's change gears here a little bit. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the most fun company you ever had. Uh, there's two. Or two or three. There's a couple. Um, most fun. Uh, like back in 24, there was Steve Fiorentini, Matt Weber, Tony, and me. We were like the we were the four together for about three, four years. Then for a couple years, we had, we had Al Detour. That was fun. Then we had Rex Rostrom came in as a probie, and then we had Joe Gerace, you know. So that, like the four of us, we had a tight knit group, you know. Uh, most fun, <laughs> I would have to say, involved probably Frank DeLuca a few times because it was uh, at fours. It was like me, Frank DeLuca, Tom McGovern, Miqua, and Collins. And poor Miqua got beat on by the three <laughs> of us. You know, if, like if one of us was off, it didn't matter. The other two were there. That was the most fun. Um, and then at threes, like I was. Uh, Probably Harry, Timmy Moore, uh, Frank DeLuca, and Kenny Stackhouse. I think that, that was a that was a fun crew, you know, because like we uh, we beat up Harry all the time. Uh, 
just joking around, stuff like that. Uh, on the on the topic mm-hmm. of of fun companies, you know, we mentioned earlier about humor bringing the, <laughs> bringing everybody or calming everybody down. Can you talk about an incident with three A that kind of illustrated that? Uh, yeah, that that was the. I believe that was the Pope. Was that the? I think it might have been the Pope visit to Philadelphia. So we were. Everyone was whatever. You were, they. I think they denied offer. They wanted everyone working. So Timmy, I think Timor Timor was driving or Tim Fuck. We used to call on the company, but Timmy Moore was driving. It was Harry Bump OV Stackhouse as irons and I'm roof. I think I had to come in. So we go to Winston Way. For a house fire. So, and I mean, like the whole day, we're just goofing around this and that. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to start it off. As soon as we turn on to 70, I made, I do the old, so I remember doing this as a volunteer, which was, I mean, when you're young, ah, mask up in the rig. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, you're ready to roll and you're like, you know, so right away I mask up and I'm like, brother, get to, I'm screaming at Harry, I'm ready to roll, get the hand line, you know, I'm ready. And he just looks back. So that bump and Kenny just start pounding on me like we're laughing, and I remember, I remember Sal pa- Sal's the BC passes us on 17, <laughs> so we start yelling at him, you know. So we go and of course he passes us, but yet we end up first do. So and like you know we're joking around like you know I finally take the mask off. I'm like yeah you know we're 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 crab assing this and that, and all of a sudden like we're pulling up and all of a sudden Demi Moore's like. I think this house is on fire. And, and I just remember, I'm like, wait, what? And we look, and I mean, not much smoke. And I just remember looking at these guys in the back. I'm like, what a bummer. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, like, we all get off. And so, like, I'm riding roof. It, it ended up being a small kitchen fire. And it's like one of those split levels. So, we'll go around to the rear. Tim, I think Timor meets us back there. Bumps in the basement. It's like the, the split in the front back. So, the back. And I said, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, I'm trying to force this door, but there's glass and there's really no conditions. But as he's doing it, you just hear the glass breaking, you know? And I'm just like, you might as well just take, take the damn door. And like, you just hear it break more. Me and Timmy Moore in the back. So if we're looking, he's ah, which window? I'm like, ah, take the one in the middle. Like, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I remember he takes it and like a puff of smoke comes out for like two seconds and that's it. And I just remember looking up, he looks at me I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> Like, oh man, this is just you know. So what we didn't know too was Kenny's at the front door, he masks up, gets in, you know, clicks in, he goes in. Well Harry's like, dude, will you wait for me? So Kenny comes out. Apparently Kenny unclips his regulator. It's like, come on, fat you know, he's doing come on, fatso, let's go. So Harry masks up. Well, I think Kenny goes back in, doesn't put his regulator in. Well, he goes in towards, and then all of a sudden he takes a breath or two. Well, he he ends up eating smoke. Well, he turns around, and he hits Harry and pushes him down like five steps into the basement. So, like, we didn't know this. So then after the fire, typical, you know, goes, you, you effing guys, grab assing, this and that. You know, I get pushed down the steps, and we didn't know. We're like, wait, what? And so Kenny tells us, well, we start laughing. You know, it's one of those one of those fires where like, oh my god, if there was a camera following us, we would be in so much like you know, end up being like this small fire got in the hood. But it, I just remember like we were all just laughing afterwards because the best was Harry getting pushed down the steps. I think that's what made the fire. 
was him just getting bulldozed by Big Googan Kenny, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, it's like one of the memorable ones where you're like, oh, my. I mean, it was, like I said, small fire, so you can joke around. But one of the few times I'm like, what a bummer. Actual <laughs> fire. We are having a good time, you know? But <laughs> That's where, like, having a company like that can really make where you're working. Like, regardless yeah. of where you're assigned. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the company is what you make of it. And, yeah, and that's the thing. You make the company, too. Like, you know, when, when you know, we would do smoke detectors and this and that, and you hear guys bitching. Well, I mean, I was doing it with Frank DeLuca and Tom McGovern. We would just, it was so much fun. Like, you get a good company. Excuse me. You, it just, it doesn't seem like you're working. Like, you know, they're, they're paying us, you know, they're paying us to do this. Yeah. Like, you know. Especially with some of those companies. Like, you're just laughing the whole day, you know. And plus, they're good, you know, that's what makes it good, too. Hey, if they're good, they're really good firemen, and then plus, you get, everyone gets along. That's what's, that's what stinks sometimes, is when you get really good companies, you know there's bad ones out there. Or guys just don't mesh, so guess what happens? Ah, you guys are doing great. Two of you are out, and you're like, yeah, okay, we get it, you know. You know, either get reassigned or, you know, get, tra- you know, you know, like, you know, I got traded straight up for high at one time. <laughs> like I always say, transferred, you know, <laughs> from 25, went from 24s to 4s, you know, like I said, one of those MLB trades that you're like, ah, I think 4s won that deal, you know, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, but I'm just, yeah, I think that, that was it. Like all the companies, it, it, you make the companies too. You get a couple guys. Like I always say, too, with some of the officers, not the revolt, but if you get enough good, you know, it's, you could run the crew, you know, from bottom up, bottom up sometimes, you know. But. A lot of, uh, a lot of what you're talking about, like this, this, the, the fun you had was, was busting balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're known for busting balls. <laughs> what, why, how'd you get so good at it? I don't know. Uh, that's a, I, I mean, my is it just both, who you are? Both sides of my fat, like they're pretty funny, but yeah, I mean, I grew, you know, like and I remember coming into work, especially with Steve Weber, Tony, a couple others. Like I felt like it was like the Western movies. Like I'd come in just blazing, and like you know, I hope I hit one of them, but most of the time I didn't. And then I would just get Dito when I first too, like you just got beat on all day, and that's how it was. Like I just remember, like oh my. Lord, like this is just brutal. Like, but, but I always told I mess with Tommy would mess with me in the morning, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get you back. I'll remember this, and that's the thing too. Just don't forget. <laughs> always get someone back later on. So then I would just rip into him, you know, this and that. But yeah, it's just my personality. Like, just, I, and another thing, if you want to bust chops, bust balls, whatever, ah, you gotta make, be able to make fun of yourself. I think that's the big thing. If you can make fun of yourself, then you can make fun of everyone. You know, it's the ones that will make fun of everyone, but as soon as you go after them, you know, they get a little... They don't want to take it to... They want it, yeah, they can't... You got to be able to... You got to make fun of yourself. That's the big thing, I think. But uh, eh, just like my family's like that, too, you know, they're... Uh, you know, but I don't know. Just became... Just memorize movies, too. That's why I watch the same cheesy <laughs> movies with some good lines and just sing people, you know. That was the hardest thing about being president of the union when you're in these rooms sometimes with the lawyers and stuff and I'm like I remember a couple times I'm like and I remember just sitting there going I can't say anything I'm the president I'm like but it's so bad that he's given me like three opportunities to 
Oh, they're really he's zing him. me up. He's oh, he's throwing me meatballs and I can't, you know, <laughs> throwing me softballs and I can't hit him. I remember to like, all right, stay calm, you know. So, uh, just gets people to relax too. That's how I see it. Which is important on a twenty-four hour shift, right? I yeah. think that's what what makes our job different than mm-hmm. most, right? Yeah, like the twenty-four hour shift, you just got to be able to go with the flow. Like I said, you're gonna have arguments, you know, and and you know, there's guys you can bust on. You know, and there's guys you can't. You know the ones, but the ones that don't like it, oh, well, you know, good luck to you. And this, good luck in this fire service. You're not going to let, you know, you know, like you, you pasty bastard. <laughs> you know, unbelievable. Here we go. All right, yeah, next yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. You got to see this kid on the pickleball court. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, part, part, like, I guess, like the other half of having fun mm-hmm. are, uh, are the pranks. Mm-hmm. That that I've heard you've pulled over the years, uh, I've heard a lot about the uh, <laughs> the, the ladder four, ladder twenty four wars. Yeah. Uh, so, what what do you think the best prank you ever pulled was? I, I still think the best one was the Billy Reese with the birthday cake to Steve. So, it was typical. Dianetta would drop uh, Billy Reese. I think was a float. So, we had some. I think we had like overtime cake. Blah blah. So we're like, oh, it's Steve's birthday. So we want you, you know, we got him a cake. We want you to take it. Why me? You know, we're like, ah, he's going to think something's up with us. And I remember 24s had this old locker, white locker, and it was like the coffee locker. And it had birthday candles in it for like probably 10 years. No one used them. And, you know, he's like, ah, it's not his birthday. We're like, dude, we got birthday candles. You just don't have birthday candles lying. Who has birthday candles lying around? He's like, no, I guess you're right. Like, so we put put it in. So we're like, here, you carry it. That's when he's like, why me? You know, why me? And we're like, ah, he'll think something's up. So we light it, and he's carrying it. Now, this is the old 24s where they had the temporary wall. The temporary walls that were supposed to last maybe a year or two, they were up for like 10. But uh, so you had to go out to the back of the engine room for like 24s. And the office is where uh, the EMS office is now. That was the officer's room. You know, so Steve's in there. So as soon as he turns, Billy Reese turns to go in the office, we bolt back. And But the best was Billy Reese just apparently goes, there he is, like this with this cake. And you hear us laughing, like roaring. And they said, and I, Billy Reese just goes, one of the best things was there. Steve, this is how long ago was Steve smoking in the office. And they said, Steve's doing to go. He goes, two things. First off, he goes, never listen to them. And second of all, what kind of a-hole brings in a cake with no plates, <laughs> you know? Like, so that was one of the best pranks because Billy Reese still talks about it. But we, you know, we got shattered with that too recently. Yeah. But you know that that's one of my memorable ones because I just remember like we just like I, he he I'm not fell for it, but we're like, oh my god, he was He's, all in. Oh yeah, we were all. I mean, it was just funny. Like I said, those birthday candles were in that thing for years, and no one used them. So, but like you know, you always. But that was a thing too. When you used to have to cover fours, twenty fours, you know. So it was a lot of pranks, like you know, the alarm clock stuff. You know, Chetty was good with stuff taking our toilet seats. <laughs> that one pissed me off the most. I remember one time taking all our toilet seats. I'm like, oh, this. Mm. I was like, that was a good one. I remember that one. Yeah. That's probably the best prank. I mean, he got me good with that one because I really had to go or something. I get back, I'm like, ah. He was hovering. I'm like, dude, this is terrible. I don't know what. To... You know. 
That's when you were at Forest and you was at 21st? I think so, yeah. Or were we at 25? I forget, yeah. Someone took our toilet seats and this and that, so. Yeah, just all, you know, childish banter, you know. That was kind of a long-term war there between the two ladders for yeah. a while. Yeah, it's, I think, yeah. Yeah, fours and 20, yeah. You know, just constant. You know, because it was actually fours would start at the most when we were there because we would just cover them. When twos went over to the east side, it was the train. So they never were at our station. So every now and then they'd go over there. But most of the time it was 24, you know, it was fours because, like, it's like anything. All right, well, we're here for three hours. <laughs> what else are we going to do? <laughs> we'll figure out something, you know. <laughs> so to even get hired in 98, mm -hmm. right, you need a residency. Uh, yes. Uh, and then, so a lot of you guys got addresses. And then a lot of you kind of ended up together. Yeah. After, after the academy in, in what you guys called the compound. compound yeah Mike Ionetta Chief Ionetta or Battalion Chief Ionetta had a house so I lived in town so but it's funny funny story I met me and Houlihan were in the same firefighter one class at county he was a member of Brooklawn and I was Earl but we kind of knew each other but didn't but then doing the minimum staffing we got to know each other became friends so they're like ah oh, we're looking to move him and uh, Matt uh, McDermott, Captain McDermott were, ah, oh, we need addresses. So, okay, well, I moved in with him. And that was the famous compound that we called it, 11 Virginia, right down the street from Chicks, you know. So, I mean, it was, it, it was fun because it, it was my first time on my own. So it was like college living at like, you know, 21, or maybe, maybe 20 or 21, I forget, but good times. Like just, uh, like I said, at during the academy after, We'd go out. That's where we Friday and Saturday nights. That that's where everyone met. Like even if we weren't going out, I remember times. And then after the academy, I'd like come home from. I'd have like a side gig or something. And then you'd be like, "Show all of a sudden." You're like, "What's everyone doing here?" And you're like, "Oh, just pre-gaming." Where you, you want to come out with us? No, not really. But end up drinking. You know, it was like a frat house because then it just. Oh, it was oh every weekend. It was just a party. That's where we started. Left by like nine or ten. Get back at two or three. Go to work next morning. Go to work sometimes <laughs> the next morning. The old days, Houlihan had it easy because he worked the twenty fours, so he only you know. For me, I had to go to Springdale, you know. But uh, you know, uh, it was good time. It was like you said, the residency. But uh, yeah, a lot of good times. So that's why, like, my wife busts my chops because I haven't taken her to Chicks yet, you know. And she's like, I said, listen, I lived at the compound. We ate there three, four times a week. So I said, I had my fill, but I'm going to, you know. But she's like, you, I have never had a cheesesteak. I'm like, I've had plenty. <laughs> right down the street. And like you said, you're out late night. First thing, you wait, you know, first thing, uh, I need something in my, you know, need a cheesesteak. So that was the famous. Uh, How long were you guys there for? I'd say a couple years. I want to say a couple years. Then Mac moved back home, and I moved in with uh, Wade. He bought uh, for uh, Woodland Avenue, where, like, Spees lives now. So that house has always been <laughs> firefighter hands. But, yeah, that, oh, that was I a fun time. That. What's that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, then Spees bought it from Wade. Oh. Yeah, I'm almost Yeah, I'm almost positive. So, yeah, that was Houlihan's house. So, yeah, good times. You were talking about those early days. Mm -hmm. What was the? What was it like getting the... Um, or what was the direction like coming from a you know Philadelphia fire chief in Grover at the time instead of you know hometown? Yeah, that, that was that was different. Like um, 
I would say, like, when I first got on volunteer, it was uh, Gibson. But then he retired, and then they, the district hired uh, Olshafer, Chief Olshafer, former commissioner. So then when they took over, he became chief. But, I mean, that, that guy had a vision. You know, hey, this is where this place is going. He's, he's always said it. He's famous for saying it. I believe it was him that were like, this is like years ago. He goes, we're too small to be a city, but too big to be a township. He goes, we're like right in the middle, you know, at the time. But uh, old Schaefer was there when I was provisional, this and that. But then, then the Grover years came. He was, he was a trip. He was funny. I still, like, on some of the fires, I remember he'd come out. You'd have the white, the white helmet, the white coat. <laughs> It was like a couple times you saw the green, you call those green sweatpants and the moccasins. <laughs> and I mean, we would just, and it, I, the guy really, you know, both of them did. But like, I remember Grover coming out. He'd just come out. He'd look. Come in and like the place is burnt out. Ah, wow. Well, this place was hammering. You guys all right? Yeah, chief, we're good. All right, I'm going home. And he'd just walk <laughs> out. And you're like, all right. You know, that, that's how he was. That's all he could. He's just like, he'd come out, take a look. Well. Good job, you guys. Did you guys knock this yourselves? Yeah, you know, like, it was uh, fives, you know. Yeah. Oh, all right, good job. All right, see you later. And he'd walk to the command post, and that's it. I, I remember him. He always went to the first couple companies, first two companies. You guys good? Yeah, good job, guy. And then just leave. You know, he, you know, one to few. He, you know, not saying that they do. He, he didn't micromanage, man. He just... You knock the fire out? Yeah. All right. Because he, he was another one, old school. Like that old school, you know, soul and stuff. Like, uh, for the guys, you know. I guess right. that helped, like, had him being an outsider. Like, just being for, for yep. the men kind of yeah. helped him fit in more. Yeah. But I think with both of them, like, there was no internal fire. <laughs> you know, the old district days, this and that. It was, nah, we're going to be a fire department. This is how you do it. You know, Al Schaefer was, you know, from Philly, ran Philadelphia. I forget what Grover was in Philly. Is he a deputy? I think he was a deputy. But then he was in Bridgeport, Connecticut for a little bit, and they didn't like him or something because he was an outsider. Like, that's an old-time old fire department. And then so Grover came to us, and that's when, you know, started. I think, I think he might have been the chief when Threes got evicted, like when the old <laughs> – I, I've heard about. Can you tell us about that? I've heard about I know, that. I only know a little bit. Like it was threes. The 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 old volunteer fire company basically sued. I forgot. Oh. See, this is where you need to get the old school guys. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. McGee was the officer that day. Okay. But they basically, if I remember the um, it correctly, they they sued um for the rights to the building or something like that yes they knew it was coming so they had everything packed up and mm -hmm. ready to go so when the sheriff's knocked on the door mm -hmm. they just were like all right you know grab our boxes and leave yeah. you know yeah but. some to that effect so then then they were double staffed at fours before or this is before the addition so fours when i worked at fours like i remember it was tight just for four guys like four people well you had two companies there like, you know, the famous, uh, they had ceiling fans. And I think Chuck got up and got whacked right in the head because there were bunk rooms in there. Like, you hear the story. Or I think he fell out of the bunk one night. Like, you hear. And like, it's it was just the gym now, right? Uh, the whole forest is the gym. Yeah, basically on that side. So, I mean, yeah, where the gym is, 
In that back room, bunk room, officer bunk room, kitchen, day room, that's it. And a little office for the officer room. It was just a, I think, it, and back in the day, they used to call it Club Nine, you know, when it was an engine, but it was, it was about like the Deer Park thing. It was just, it was nuts. That's, I remember, it's funny, I think there's an old picture of uh, Grover on like the Courier Post, and he has like that shit eating grin. I just remember, like, if you ever look it up, it's funny, but yeah, they basically got evicted, and whatever they they settled or something, and they came back. I want to. I forget how long it was, but I just remember, like, yeah, they got kicked out of threes, you know. But yeah, like he st- he steered the ship in that thing. Like, how do you do that? You know, like from an outsider though. Like, imagine you're coming from a city department, and it's like, ah. Yeah, the fire company owns the building, so they want you out. Get out. Wait, what? You know, like, this is... But then fire companies got to be careful because if it's no longer a firehouse, then the town can be like, all right, well, you're not a fire company anymore. We want the tax money. So there's, like, all politics, as they say, as I say, you know. But All right. Uh, Dan, tell us what's next. Don't I look more relaxed? It's only been a week. (laughs) I I like the one-week beard. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, Let's see him in two weeks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, up next, probably uh, gonna move. Um, me and my wife gonna move to uh, Ovid, New York, in the Finger Lakes area. Sell the house here, and you know, start up there. She, she took me up there one time. So why'd you choose up there? Uh, I always wanted like New York area. My, my cousins actually. I have a cousin who lives on Lake George in a little town, Hague. So we'd go up there a couple times, see him, and I liked the area, you know. So I, we were looking up there first, and then my wife went with, like, the girls' weekend because of the wineries. She's like, oh, you got to check it out. So I went the one time, and I was like, I, I like it here, too. So we looked both, but that area was more for like, that a little bit more affordable and, you know, not, I think it's, like, five hours away. So I still got family down here, so, yeah. you know, just a... It's not that far of a trip, but, you know, I, and then we started staying up there and looking. I'm like, oh, this is real nice. So, you know, just something different. You know, she wants to work at a winery. I'll, I don't know. I'll find out something to do, you know. Yeah, and, weren't you talking about, like, the racetrack or something up there? Working, yeah, Watkins Glen, but, you know, I applied so many times I didn't get it. <laughs> but then I just saw you need a New York driver's license, so I got to, as soon as that's done, I got to reapply. But, um, no, nah, it just, it's different up there. Because, like, I, st- <laughs> I want to say, if I got it right, I think I looked it up. Like, Cherry Hills, 24 square miles, 70,000, 75,000 people. I think the county where I'm moving to has 77,000 people. Like, the town I'm moving to has 600 yeah. people. I'm like, what? A little quieter. A- yes, and they're like half, good proportion of them are Amish. <laughs> so maybe I'll become Amish. But we got to work on that 18 hour work day, you know. <laughs> Get them down to like two and maybe smoking and drinking, you know. That's my goal. You say it, you know, change the Amish culture. Reformed Amish. Yes. <laughs> if Dan comes back with a top hat, we yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, no, that's the goal, you know, just move up there, see how it goes. And if we move back, eh, probably not. But yeah, a little we'll quieter, a little slower. Pace. Yeah. Yeah, which is more up my alley. I don't like the. I don't like being in the limelight. You know. Mm-hmm. That's why. Thank God there are no cameras here. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. You got a face for camera. Yeah, I, I can't stay now. I don't want to be the center of attention or anything like that. 
screw that. Be the guy behind the scenes. That's what makes you better, too. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Too many people want to be the quarterback, you know, or the, which you do need. I'm not saying you don't need them. Not many people want to be like the offensive line or the long snapper or this, where it's like a team effort. You know. Well, Dennis, we really appreciate you doing this with yeah. us. Yeah, thanks so no much, Dan. No, my pleasure. Letting us work through this first one, work through the kinks. Like I said, next one's got to be like, or whatever. In about a few months, let me and a couple others yeah. get on here and we'll start zinging people. <laughs> or we should do it live. We'll, we'll, do, we'll, do, live. we'll do a live oh. one with a peanut gallery. You know? I did one. That was like one of my things I wanted to do was like, you know, like the people who go on the tours, the trained like firehouses. I just want to go up there and zing them. But I'm like, ah, I probably only last like one or two episodes because yeah. then I get canceled because then they wouldn't hire me. You know, that's my goal. All right, Dennis. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You are listening to The Report, a Cherry Hill Fire Department podcast. For more information on the podcast and other department initiatives, reach out to the CHFD Training and Safety Division.